No, no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Dumb and dumb, I'd call yes, we're back, finally, um, after what has felt like forever uh, between me being away, Wilbur being away, me being sick, Wilbur being sick, and just us generally both being busy. Uh, Wilbur and Woodson, your two favourite football talk show people, <laughs> are back. Isn't it good to be back? It is great to be back. <laughs> now, we realised um, last week when... Oh, two weeks ago now, far out. When we did our first episode, um, we forgot, we kind of didn't realise that in our two little practice episodes that are not for the pri- the public's viewing pleasure, we did our little intros about who we are and our sort of relationship to football, but no one's heard those. Um, so as it was pointed out by a few people at a few social things throughout the past two and a half weeks, we thought we might do a little uh, introduction, 0.5 episode, if you will. So first and foremost... I am Jasper, formerly known as Woodson in uh, this show. I've been a football fan for as long as I can remember, uh, an Arsenal fan for also as long as I can remember. The way I remember it was uh, I would go to England with my family to see my dad's side of my family every every uh, six months from the age of six months old. And when I was about four, this is pretty much the earliest I can remember, my dad's best friend, uh, best friend's kids pulled me aside and were like, do you like football? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, all right, then you support Arsenal. That's it. End of story. And so, yeah, that's it. I went to my first ever game was uh, in the 05-06 season. The last season at Highbury was a one-all draw against Manchester City. And yeah, I've just been a gunner for life, been a Premier League fan, for also for life, I guess. My my uh, <laughs> supporting history has been a bit more checkered, I suppose. I started um, supporting Chelsea when I was first kind of getting into soccer in around grade six or whatever it was. Um, and then halfway through high school, I decided to switch from Chelsea to to Wigan for, <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> I think it was just, I don't know, I just kind of got sick of the, the, the very big, I don't know, very big club. And then in... Money's ruining football. <laughs> <laughs> it is, mate. You've got to support the little guys. Um, no, and then... In twenty in two thousand eleven, my auntie married a a bloke from Liverpool who went for Everton, and I just sort of changed over to that team. There's obviously a bit of a, a good past of Australians. Well, Tim Cahill playing for Everton. Hey, Lucas Neal played for one maybe two seasons. I also was a big fan of Roberto Martinez, who was the manager of Wigan when I went for them, and he moved to Everton at a similar time as well. So. And and Everton, that's was, probably, that was one of the best periods we've had since. Yeah, I was gonna say like, and up until now, that's probably the best Everton's played in the last fifteen years. Yeah. So yeah, that's us, and uh, that's yeah, our connection to football. Anyway, back to regular scheduled programming. We're gonna go over just a few little things that we've uh, that have of note that have happened in the Premier League over the past um, two and a bit weeks. Although there was a big, luckily there was a big international lull during the last two weeks so we're not going to talk about any of that because it's not much to talk about but the most noticeable most recent and noticeable notable thing was the 5-2 West Brom Barcelona beating Chelsea over the weekend um, what a game yeah it was crazy yeah it was like, absolutely crazy and like it, like it was like 
Chelsea admittedly went down to 10 men 26 minutes in when they were 1-0 up. But like to capitulate like that and lose 5-2 is... I, I, and they've been, going, they've been playing so well until then. I think, they, I think they'd lost... Hadn't, had they lost the game? They, I just checked. They, they hadn't copped a goal at Stamford Bridge under, two, under Tuchel prior to that. Holy shit. <laughs> and they copped, yeah, shipped five. I think it was just crazy how clinical West West Brom were. Yeah, literally, like, there's, there's being memes and stuff made about how, like, oh, it's like, oh, West Brom at Stanford Bridge on this day, it's like 2009-10 Barcelona and stuff. But, like, literally. Yeah. Some of the, like, admittedly against a 10-man Chelsea, but, like, some of the finishing was just ridiculous. Like, I've never seen Callum Robertson hit a volley like that. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. And a little dink chip over Edward Mendy. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Crazy. Um, and that Pereira guy looked just oh, incredible. Yeah. I think he's been there, like, I not, like, Full disclosure: I have not watched more than three West Brom games all season, and the one West Brom, one of the West Brom games I did watch is when we beat them four 0 So, yeah. you know, and they looked terrible that day. But yeah, Matthias, I've heard Matthias Pereira is one of their better players, and yeah, he looked at like he looked real good. He's he's not the bloke who came from West Brom, is he? From West Brom? No, West Ham's West Ham's. Oh yeah, I think he is. Yeah, he yeah, is. Yeah, he yeah, is. Yeah. True. Yeah, because I remember he played quite well against against us as well. Because that, that was a high-scoring game. We ended up winning by a bit. Oh, wait, no, maybe I'm thinking of Grady Dean Garner. Anyway. Yeah, it's Dean Garner. It's yeah. Dean Garner. Either way, either <laughs> way. Um, he's, he's, he's a gun, and it's just uh, just shocking, because, like, it's, like I, I, don't, I don't think... It, maybe it's just one of those days for Chelsea, but, like, I'm not sure if it is a concerning for Tuchel. I don't, I don't think so. Just given how solid that they've been at the back since he's been there... And I just think losing losing as um, as as in a as in a half like Thiago Silva that early in the game is yeah. just just throws everything that you've planned out the window. Yeah, defensively. But and it's just I, I suppose it's it's starting to look because obviously the the solid defensive partnership under Tuchel has been Christensen and Rudiger. Yeah, which is surprising. But um, yeah, um, I think that the way they bounce back against Porto in the Champions League. Like they won two nil. Porto had chances, which wasn't very clinical. I think you know that's. I think it's just a, one of those days, like a bump in the road. But what I, I think what it means more is, despite Sam Allardyce's lackluster performance as a manager and their lackluster performance since he became since he took the reins, I think that could be a spark because they're only. If I check now, I think I'm pretty sure they're only five points behind Fulham, and like only. Like three games off. The... Yeah, they're five points, and I think I've got a game in hand as well on on Fulham. So yeah, they've got they do they have a game in hand on Fulham, and they're they're eight points behind Newcastle. But like with a result like that, you just never know. It's and it's what well, they've got six games because they've played thirty, right? Yeah, they got yeah. eight games. Eight games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and like the ne- next few games, there's there's some winnable ones in there. Southampton at home, they've been. I looked like there was a there was a form thing done. It was like post Christmas and before Christmas form. And Southampton's form post Christmas is last behind even Sheffield, mm. uh, so that's a winnable game. Then they got Leicester, probably would lose that one. But then Villa and Wolves, two winnable games, and then us. I mean, it's winnable. that's winnable. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's really interesting to see. And this is something we'll touch on next week as it heats up: is the relegation battle and what that game could do for them. Because yeah. they, if like they won't play that well every week, but like if they can have any sort of come close to sort of that level of finishing it'll really put them in good stead to put up a good fight yeah I think I think another interesting thing is whether 
How good is Timo Werner? Because he's oh. he's played, he's had twenty nine appearances, five goals here, but he's averaging two, two, just over two shots a game. Yeah, that's that's a very poor. Attempt. And even if he is playing out wide, like yeah, it's just it's just like terrible. Like and in in the game in the game today as well uh, against Porto, it's like he had a few opportunities to score there. He just doesn't look confident either. And also in the West Brom game, one of the goals Chelsea scored was. He was basically the ball got crossed to him, and he was like top of the six yard box. And instead of shooting, he stopped and looked up and found a different. Yeah, and like and like on one hand you can say, oh, that's just unselfish play, great. But also on the other hand you can say that's a striker devoid of confidence. Yeah, and also one thing of note from the international break that chance he missed from like six yards out. Yeah, against Germany, and like me and you were watching the highlights of that game like the next morning, which like, like yeah. mouths open, like what? It, yeah, that that was crazy. That, I mean. Like, and that was a big, that was a big, big miss as well. Obviously, doing nothing because they for lost his that game too against Macedonia. Or something, yeah, right? yeah. They had North Macedonia had two shots on goal. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, is it is it a form thing or is he just? Uh, well, Tuchel's not that. Tuchel's publicly come out and said it's a form thing, and like he like he said, oh, Timo Werner like was trying to stay behind in training and like work on shots for an extra hour and I'm just like T- and, and Tuka was like oh, I just said Timo just leave it like these things will come these things will come and you know a manager has to it was to a say weird that. dating analogy yeah yeah, yeah yeah I didn't get that at all <laughs> was I was just strange. like mm, I don't know about that one but but like yeah I, and I get the manager has to just like back the player in and it's a confidence thing but like how long is it just a form thing until it's just he can't cut it in the Premier League because we've seen so many players tear it up in lower leagues. On oh, lower leagues. Different leagues than <laughs> the Premier League. <laughs> and then come to the Premier League and it just doesn't work out for them. I think... I, I don't know. It's, to me, it's starting to seem like an, an issue with him as opposed to form. But the flip side of that is I saw him play in, in the Bundesliga like literally zero times. So yeah. I'm definitely biased with the, the sample that I've seen. But... It doesn't seem good. I've watched a bit of him in the Bundesliga, only highlights, and he was clinical in Bundesliga and like would just like about like, chances he would get that he's missing in the Premier League. He was scoring in the Bundesliga and also harder chances than that. And like he would, man, but he was playing like I I, I I don't think this is conducive to his issue, but he was playing more of a central striker role uh, and not being so reliant on his pace for Leipzig from what I from what I watched, which is not a whole lot, but. I feel like Chelsea is just being used as an out-and-out pacey winger, but I also don't think that should make any difference. Like He still gets in more than enough chances to score. Um, but one thing, I, 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 this is a, somewhat of a bad analogy, and some people, and people may hate me for this, but a player similar to him that was bought as a sort of inside-forward striker-winger sort of option for Liverpool back in the day in their sort of weird Kenny Dalglish type of lull was Iago Aspas. And he, a flop. I ask any Liverpool fan, he... You didn't even know his name. <laughs> but he was a flop for Liverpool. Then he, he, after like two or three seasons of not cutting it for Liverpool, he went back to La Liga and playing for some mid-table La Liga team. And he was he, he spent three, I think the, the next three seasons in La Liga, he scored 20, 20 plus goals every season. Mm. And I, it's just like, sometimes you just can't, I don't, I don't know what it is, if it's the physicality, the pace, the schedule, there's no, there's no winter break. I don't know what it is, but... I think it definitely could have something to do with the physicality in the because you know finishing's easier when you yeah. when you're not not tired. Yeah, but. 
And also, yeah, the pace as well is just like no ten, no league is faster. I think it's another thing that's a, that's a th- something that's definitely affecting Kai Havertz as well. And it was also funny we were watching the highlights for the Porto Chelsea game this morning. Cross comes into the box and <laughs> Werner and Kai Havertz yeah. are standing yeah, next to like that. literally standing right next to each other. I was watching it with Declan, our housemate, and he was like fucking dumber and dumber. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dumb and dumber. <laughs> Declan's a Chelsea fan too, so yeah. that, one, that one hit fun. But yeah, I mean, like Timo Werner like gets there and crosses it back to him, and then he misses, and I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, overall Chelsea probably still in good stead, but yeah, Werner they spent 45 million euros on him, and it's not looking like that great a purchase. But then again, I can't really talk. We spent 72 million dollars on Pepe. Um, that being said, Pepe's had a better turnout than Werner has. Um, <laughs> you'd expect that for almost double the money. Uh, um, next thing we're going to talk about, which is sort of it's it's sort of a review of the Arsenal Liverpool game, but it's sort of I've I've turned because the Arsenal Liverpool game was so dire. Uh, I've turned it into a, a, something different. So this is what I'd like to call, it's Arsenal's season in a microcosm across three games. So obviously those who saw the highlights or watched the Arsenal-Liverpool game saw how diabolically bad we were, just devoid of any attacking threat, didn't, like, defended okay but not that great and then uh, until Tierney went off and then defended very poorly for the remainder of the game. So that's, that's, that's the real bad but then two rounds before the international break, we played against Spurs and one two one and dominated the game for I'd say eighty percent of the game. Yeah, like we we were that like that's how good we can play. That's that's how good we can move the ball around, get in behind, create chances, and and for the most part defend pretty well. Like Harry Kane didn't really have a sniff for most of the game. And then you have the West Ham game, the, the game, the round before the international break, where which is you get kind of both the best of both worlds or the best and worst of both worlds. Uh, you get the first half where we're three 0 down, and just playing like we played against Liverpool. And then you get the second half where we won the second half three all to get a three 0 draw, three 0 draw, and where we're playing unbelievably. Martin Odegaard's pulling the strings. We're just creating chance of the chance of the chance of the chance. And I just think, yeah, it's that's just a microcosm of our season. Some, some, like we'll have, we had the massive lull before Christmas where we couldn't buy a goal, and then after Christmas we had like five wins in six games, um, and we're doing really well in the Europa League too. And then we build up this confidence, and then it all comes crashing down this week against Liverpool. And um, Tierney, Tierney's now out for the rest of the season. I didn't know with, that. With, That's a, with really a ligament, bad. with a ligament injury, four to six weeks until he's back to training. Did he just come back in? No, he's been back for a while, but definitely injury plagued since yeah, he's got there. He's been injury plagued since he got there a bit, but yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, with that injury news, I'm I'm pretty much conceding the season. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just like this. It's just frustrating cycle of. What I, what I heard someone say is when you're incons- when you when you're good one week bad the next have players who are at a level but also players who are not at the level you are in essence a mid table team and that is what we are we're tenth and we deserve to be there yeah I I think it's, it's something you've said off air I've been quite um, critical of Obama Young which is definitely fair but I mean I I think it speaks volumes that he's captain of 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 the team yeah it's like. There's no, there's no leaders there who are above, and I think you've said this. There's no leaders there who are above tw- like twenty years old, basically, or twenty one years old, and it's just, 
when you don't have that solid group of, of leaders in, in your team, it's very hard to be consistent. Yeah. It's also interesting that the, the, the game that Aubameyang missed most of, you, you were kind of your best defensively. And it was... Against yeah. Spurs, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like, we've got players who potentially could be captain. Like, I think Tierney's captain material. I think Leno's captain material. And one of the... Yeah, on, on Aubameyang, I know it's like... It, it, like him being captain is one of those things where it's like yeah it's kind of representative of how the team's going but like I just think it's so sad and I was in denial about it for so long when everyone was like oh he's he's doing he's, he, this is another Mesut Ozil he's, he's got his big payday and he's checked out but it's hard to deny that's what's happened mm. he got the big $300,000 a week contract in the off season he played one he's played one maybe two maybe three good games all season but in essence, he doesn't try anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And just to finish, my not so hot take, <laughs> lukewarm, if you will, um, is that Alba deserves to be benched for the remainder of the season. As players like Saka, Smithrow, Odegaard, and Martinelli, at this point when you're 10th, way more important to just buy those guys in. Yeah. I mean, it's just so... Yeah, like you say, it is just sad. And I remember watching that, like, he had a walkthrough, like, across the Emirates doing an interview with Ian Wright, like, Wrighty, and talking about how he wants to be a legend of the club and then to get a big contract like that and literally just check out mentally. Mm. It's, it's just... It's, it's, it's terrible. And I, I think that's a... It's a pretty hot take, but... Yeah. I agree with it. Uh, anyway, moving uh, moving on... From the my my depressing life as an Arsenal fan, uh, we've got the big the big the big game into with the uh, top four implications for one of the teams, um, uh, and just sort of you know security in that second spot for the other team with uh, Tottenham Hotspur versus Man United. It's going to be an interesting game, especially seeing as Tottenham just lost our, <laughs> lost I say drew to Old Newcastle feels like a loss. Uh, shout out Agent Joe Willick, Arsenal Loney with the equaliser in the eighty fifth minute. Huge, think, huge game for them. Huge yeah. game for them. Yeah, it's it's worth interesting. Uh, sorry, mentioning from that game when uh, Gareth Bale got subbed on to take a free kick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, subbed on to take a free kick, pushes three players off, and then blasts at ten meters over the bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do we, what do we think? Is Bale going to start for this one or come off the bench to, to take another free kick again? <laughs> I mean, I can't see him starting. He's just. I don't know. Like he, he had that. It was a couple of games there where he started to look like qu- quite good. Real good. But like was scoring goals in the Europa League pretty easily. Had a few good games in the Premier League, and then he came out and said that thing about just moving to Tottenham to be to get fit for the Euros. And just I don't know why he does it. And it's sort of I always thought he got treated kind of badly at Madrid, but you can kind of see why fans wouldn't like him yeah. by the way he's acting in England right now like, and like Tottenham he, fans must be so pissed I would be pissed yeah off. and like he, I reckon he endeared himself to a lot of people doing the uh, Wales Golf Madrid thing in that order just because people don't like Madrid yeah, in their fan base Madrid, yeah, but yeah. saying that about the Euros that's not going to endear to anyone even Arsenal fans who hate Tottenham are like that's just a wanker thing to say yeah and yeah like, and now, now I look back on that flag and be like that was actually a shit thing to do yeah like if he does and that, he's sitting on the bench laughing you know for Tottenham lattes and shit and he was doing that yeah. in Madrid as well yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a piss taker yeah it? so I think that's it's, that's it's like yeah like everyone's kind of seeing his true colours a little bit I think the fame probably has gone went to his head a little bit when he went to Madrid and um he, it's sad because again another player bags of talent as you saw for small periods of the season this season but 
attitudes was not there. Yeah. But it's weird because I suppose his attitude, it just seemed like his attitude was there for a bit because the, the way his career skyrocketed. Oh, yeah. Like, you can only sort of get that when you, like, he's obviously had talent, but he worked quite hard on it and did basically win most things. <laughs> I've just thought of a really interesting analogy here. But you know in Goal, right, the movie, yeah, the second yeah. one, where he moves to Real Madrid, right? <laughs> and then he has, starts having these, all, he gets involved in the party lifestyle and, like, he's footballing, <laughs> he's footballing kind of like, goes off a little bit and then he has that like wake up call from his wife or whatever yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden he starts he works harder and starts banging him in maybe Gareth Bell had that same train of thought and then he never quite had that wake up call from someone and he just fell off did you ever see Gold 3? <laughs> no, no I watched the trailer I, watched... I watched the trailer and I was like I'm not doing it <laughs> I watched it I remember downloading it on LimeWire back in the day oh, and like <laughs> and you could get little previews for, for how far the movie had downloaded and I was stuck I remember with, I watched the first bit I'm like what what is this <laughs> it's the the worst movie ever but yeah I, not a great analogy but yeah maybe he went to Madrid the rock star life yeah and he just lost that spark lost yeah. that hard working spark but anyway um, <laughs> back to Spurs United <laughs> yeah uh, United uh, they're doing pretty well at the moment yeah like they're just sort of grinding out wins Not they haven't been playing amazingly of late but like they're grinding out wins they're into the last eight of the Europa League beat Brighton 2-1 on the weekend yeah I think I, I, I suppose I've been starting to think for a while though just with the amount of good players they have in the squad could it be better if they didn't have Oli at the at the helm I was thinking that and like you know me for a while, I've always been, I don't reckon Ollie's the guy. Mm. But then, when I think about what, what he, where he took the club over from, when he took over from Jose, to where they are now, if any other manager did that, you'd be like, what a manager. Mm. Like, he took them from like, 8th or ninth or 6th, 6th, 7th, 8th, whatever, when Jose left, and the club culture there was toxic, like real bad. And like, he's had some ups and downs, but now they're locked in, Second position, they're a game and a half in front of third. Uh, admittedly, fourteen points behind City, but City's been a juggernaut just like Liverpool were last season. But like, yeah, they're locked in second position. They're playing good football. They're a, like definitely a striker and maybe a centre back away from competing. Yeah, like I feel like if if and I I kind of made me realize my own slight bias toward against Oli, which I was like, if, yeah, if, if that was. Frank Lampard that was doing that, if that was Mikel Arteta that was doing that, if that was, you know, anyone else that took over the club in the position that Oli took the club over in, we'd be singing their praises. So I kind of feel like maybe in the long run, we'll have to wait and see if he can win something because he hasn't won anything yet. But yeah, if there'll be a period soon with crunch time with can he win the Europa League? Next season, can he stay with City and Liverpool? Because Liverpool will be back next season. But yeah, right now I feel like with what he's had, he's doing pretty well, and you can't really knock it. Yeah, yeah. I I, I suppose it's it, it's obviously very difficult to tell whether they'd be further for. But it, it is interesting. I see a lot of things online recently about sort of United players who have left United during that, like players that they had in that period just after Sir Alex left, so Van Gaal and, and Mourinho era, and sort of like revitalized their careers. And I just like I, I don't know, Oli letting go of some of those players is actually a really good thing. And he did get rid of a lot of players who didn't really want to be there at United. Yeah. And I think everyone in the squad now is is there, wants to play, and it, it is quite good. But yeah, uh, final thoughts on this one. I think this is a must-win for Spurs. 
And that being said, I think they'll lose. I <laughs> 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 uh, I got I got you I got United um two one in this one. Yeah, I I reckon United will win maybe three 0 or something. Yeah. Also, just one one last thing I will say. Um, what a turnaround since Spurs beat United six one on the second round, second day of the season. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how the how the two teams? Like, everyone was like, oh, Spurs are the real deal. United's in shambles. Now United's second and Spurs are sixth. Yeah. They're just it's just interesting that yeah yeah but yeah no um I I just Jose especially with throwing his players under the bus after the Newcastle game I think he's starting his his head's starting to go and Spurs will go with him and uh, yeah you know it's gonna win all right um and just ne- just quickly if if he wins the Carabao Cup do you think he's <laughs> do you think ah uh, wins the Carabao Cup but finishes where maybe finishes outside the top four is it still is it still a good but maybe guess you're it's an it's an on par season it's not good it's not bad it's on par but if they win a trophy i feel it it, it's it's like a c yeah yeah it's not good um and then if he loses the cup final and finishes sixth or worse he could face potentially the sack maybe I feel like if he wins that cup final, he he won't get he won't get. Sacked. But he's playing against City. I don't think he's going to win that cup yeah. final. They could. They yeah. could. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of managers that could be sacked, talk, moving on to managers that have been sacked. <laughs> uh, I had that bit in there just to make sure the segue would work. Uh, we're going to talk briefly about. I mean, two and a half weeks ago, this 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 was fresh news, but uh, we we, we uh, fell off a little bit. But um, Chris Wilder, two weeks ago, or two and a half weeks ago, was sacked by Sheffield United. At a really weird point of the season to sack a manager, admittedly, what, 12 games to go. Yeah. Since then, there's been the international break and they lost 5-0 to Leicester, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And 2-1 to Leeds. And just, like, for a guy... Uh, you've got his accolades down, but just weird move to sack, like, someone who's that important, that synonymous with the club. 12 yeah. games before the end of the season. Yeah, so it yeah, started in 2016 in League One, won League One in his first season and took him up to the Premier League by 2019. It's it's just a crazy... It's a crazy feat. And that first season in the Premier League, they were so good. Yeah, they finished eighth. That's, yeah. that's nuts. It's just like... It's insane. I. They obviously struggled to bring in someone... Like a forward, basically. They, yeah. They've always been quite solid defensively. They yeah they were able to replace Dean Henderson quite well with um, Aaron Ramsdale, but just hasn't worked this season for whatever reason. But I don't I think it's a terrible terrible decision to get rid of Chris Wilder. Yeah, I mean like I think I saw something before when you were researching him that he's like he won the most amount of games as a manager for Sheffield yeah. in the Premier League era, which is nuts. Yeah, wait maybe ever I don't know, but it's just like it's not his fault where they were, like you. People can say, "Oh, they spent fifty million pounds." It's like, well, you spent eighteen million on Ramsdale, which isn't really making the team any better. It's just keeping the team at the level it already is at in that department. Because Dean Henderson for Ramsdale, that's pretty much like for like. And then they didn't. They they made a couple of little depth signings, which are not going to keep you in the Premier League. And then on the on the transfer deadline day, they hadn't bought a striker. Everyone's like, "We can't go into this next season with McBurney and David McGoldrick." Like as our two front men, we're not going to stay up like that. And they panicked 
and this isn't Chris Wilder panicking. This is definitely their front their front office panicking, panicking and went and spent twenty three and a half million pounds on Rian Brewster, who has been injured or not good enough, I guess, to play all season. And like, I don't see how that's on him. Yeah. And also, if you're gonna sack him because they've been poor all season, you should have sacked him like just after the new year or just after Christmas. Give him, give whoever comes in half a season to fix the boat. You don't sack him twelve games before the end of the season. What's that gonna change? Yeah. Also, yeah, the, the person they've brought in, I've forgotten his name again. I looked it up just before, but it's, it's just like, like Hecklebottom or something. Yeah, that was Hecklebottom. But like to bring in, like, what's the plan? Bring in no name manager, like, like to. Do what? What, yeah. what is he going to do? They're going to go back. They're hundred percent going back down. There's yeah, no, there's no. They're not. They're not in the relegation. They're three discussion. They're, yeah, they're, they're three points better than the worst ever Premier League finish, which was um, Derby with eleven points. Yeah, it's like, just. Yeah, it is also surprising, isn't it? Surprising I mean, about how they but, fell from where they were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I just think it's like that style works. For a time when it's like shock value, but it's 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 a style that eventually uh, you probably could figure out. And also, I also think a big part of last season they had Lise Mousset, who scored like fifteen goals last season, and uh, he's been injured or just not as good this season. But like I think part of their thing was they were so resolute in defense, but then they were quick on the counter, and Lise Mousset and a bunch of other guys scored goals. Whereas this season the goals have completely gone, and that just adds pressure on your defense. Like apart, yeah, there's, there's only so much, and that that was like similar. We were talking about a while ago, like when Tottenham had that really bad spell when their defense started capitulating. It's when Harry Kane was out. It's when there's that much pressure just constantly being on your defense. It's just it's gonna give up. Yeah, you, you can't, you can't, like you can't cope. Uh, it's the same thing that happened against Arsenal, against Liverpool, against a Liverpool for Arsenal. Like Tierney goes out, we've got no threat going forward because he had so much to that left hand side. Alba's not trying. So it's just like waves of Liverpool and we're always going to concede goals. So that's one manager who I think it was wrong to sack. Another manager who I think, it's hard to say just because they were doing poor before he was uh, sacked, but Slaven Bilic earlier in the season for West Brom. Now I've got his records here. His record before he was sacked, uh, played 13, won one, drew four, lost eight. Uh, notable, but then, but then some notable results in that drew three all against Chelsea, and drew one all against City. The game, like the like the week before he got sacked, goals scored ten goals against twenty six. But then since they sacked Bilic and they brought in Sam Allardyce, they've played sixteen, won three, drawn five, lost eight. Very similar record, and aside from the game we touched on just before, the five two shock win against Chelsea. Aside from a 3-2 win against Wolves in a period where Wolves weren't very good and they haven't been very good this season, and a 1-0 win against Brighton, who are only like a point above Newcastle and they're relatively in the relegation battle, they got slapped 5-0 at Leeds, 4-0 at Arsenal, 5-0 at City, um, like uh, 3-0 against Villa, like, and they lost 2-1 to Sheffield. Mm. Who have won four <laughs> games all season. Yeah, who we're just so, talking about. Yeah, so like, I just don't feel like and I was just saying to Uber this before we recorded off air it it's not a team that has got better since they got a new manager it's a team that's just sort of slowly adjusted to the Premier League and won a couple games through that exactly and like those as as you say those games that they won 
that's not Big Sam making a difference. Yeah. Slavin Bilic probably would have. And also Slavin Bilic is, I, I, I like him as a manager. Yeah, his style of football is po- really positive. Like yeah. he, when he was at West Ham, that was a really fun team to watch. Yeah. Because, and like I suppose we're seeing a little bit against Chelsea, they do have those players who can, I suppose, finish quite nicely as, as we saw. And maybe if it wasn't such a negative, a negative thing, then and also, yeah, that a negative five, style of play. That 5-2 win mean. against Chelsea is not on Big Sam. That's just one of the... Like I said before, it's just one of those days everything clicked. The players were finishing like, you know, prime Barcelona. Like, there's just like... There's... That's that's not something that Big Sam's concocted over 16 game weeks. What's them next week? They'll play against Southampton. They could lose. And then everyone, and everyone will forget about the Chelsea game. Mm. So, I think, yeah, they're no better off after 16 games than they were. I think if they had a stuck with Billich, they would be in the same or even maybe a slightly better position than they are now. But I think Billich, his team would have got slowly more adjusted to the league. He may have been able to make one or two moves in January. And who knows? They like like they, like some of these games the the one all oh and um there's like the one all against United, maybe they win that. The nil all against Burnley, maybe they win that. The one nil against the uh, the nil all against Newcastle, maybe they win that. The one nil loss against Palace, maybe they win that. Like, yeah, it's just it's it's just such a short amount of time to give Slavin Bilic as thirteen well for games. Thirteen games. It's like no. He he brought them up as well. Didn't yeah, he? yeah. He got signed in the middle of twenty nineteen, uh, and brought them up on the last day of the championship season, finishing second behind Leeds, who were amazing. And that's that independent championship last season. So, yeah, like, like and then. Like there's always there's this constant stress about managers getting time. Like everyone, like even when Arteta was doing really bad this season, everyone's like, "No, he's got time." And I feel like, and this will allude sort of to the next manager I want to talk about. If there's not, if there hasn't been a large amount of money spent on your squad, you you deserve time to implement, especially in a league where you're getting adjusted to the Premier League. Like Chris Wilder deserved time because they didn't invest in his team. Slavin Bilic, I don't, who did they sign? Who like who? Branislav Ivanovic. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. What a sign. Actually, the guy from... The, yeah. The, oh yeah. The, the guy from West Ham. Yeah, Dean Garner. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm not sure if they had Pereira from the championship already, but like... but like They didn't spend big money. They didn't spend big money. No. They did not spend... They've got roughly the same squad they had. Like, they've still got Matty Phillips who was playing in their last Premier League campaign like four years ago. Hmm. But yeah. So I just think that it was too early and Big Sam... he may, like, they, they will probably still go down as well. Like they're eight points behind. Like they, like that result could kickstart, like we were saying. But like, in the, if we're being realistic, that probably will with Big Sam at the helm go down. It'd be a miracle if if they stayed up now. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to our last manager, uh, who I just alluded to before, but like one manager who was sacked somewhat, not as early as Bilic, but you know there was a little bit of, I guess, talk that he may have been, may should have been given uh, more time, was Frank Lampard. But then on the flip side is Frank Lampard had £200 million invested into his squad. And also, he finished fourth last season with a worse squad. So, that's one. That's a, that's a sacking I can get behind. <laughs> I mean, especially now. Especially now, given t- like Tuchel's taken over. Yeah. And I sp- that's... Sorry, sorry to bring him back to Sheffield again. <laughs> but I mean, they've got Tuchel, like, Tuchel there ready to, ready to bring him on. Yeah. Like, you know, like... That, that, proven. That, that's that's another reason why it makes more sense to get rid of Frank in in terms of in terms of bringing on someone else. Yeah, because also got like, someone there ready to go who is 
obviously shown that he's a pretty world class yeah, manager. Yeah, because what had what had Frank done? Like like he oh he finished fourth or fifth with uh, Derby and got him to a playoff semi final. Yeah, well that was I actually had a quite a long conversation with it with an Uber driver the other week. It was. <laughs> With a who was a Chelsea fan, and he was also of the opinion. Yeah, he, he just came on way too early, and he, and I was the, the Uber driver pointed out <laughs> John Terry's, you know, doing his time under Dean Henderson at Aston Villa. Gerard, yeah, Gerard doing is doing his time at Rangers, working his way up. He's obviously going to end up at Liverpool eventually, but you you, you need that. You you need that experience behind you, behind you to like lean on in in tough times, and he just didn't have it. Yeah, and and Thomas Tuchel, Dortmund, PSG, proven winner. He's like arguably PSG, like anyone can win the league with that team, but he did win the league with that team. So, you know, proof is in the pudding. He's won things. He also made it to a Champions League final as well. So, yeah, I think the other thing that's interesting as well, like aside from Edouard Mendy, I think the players who have been excelling under. Tuchel are players that Frank had in his first season as well. Yeah, they're, they're not the signings, uh, with the exception of with the ex- exception of Mendy. Yeah, they're players like Angola Kante, even um, Kovacic and Jorginho have been playing really well. Reese James, Reese James is like in- incredible. Our favorite, our favorite boy Caltech. Yeah, as well. <laughs> Love him. Yeah, he's he, he's been rejuvenated. I've, I think Mason Mount is the biggest. Oh my god! Did you see his goal in the Champions League? Yeah, that oh. was crazy. <laughs> And, so and nice. Chilwell scored in the, in the Champions League this exactly, morning as well. Another signing, yeah. But like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's just he's done what Frank couldn't. He's the signings that were bought. He's got a little bit more out of them, but he's also not done what Frank did. And as soon as you get all these new players, just dismiss all the players that got you to where you were the season before. He's been like, no, there was a reason this team finished fourth last year is because there's a two, three, four, five players. In that in this team who ha- haven't been playing every week that are clearly good enough to have this team playing at a high level and he's trusted them and they've like Golo Kante's a gun I don't know why he wasn't playing week in week out with Frank like regardless of whatever midfield theories he had like yeah he's the best yeah he's the, yeah I love him <laughs> <laughs> so yeah have you seen those very intense chats that Tuchel has with Golo Kante after the games no nice no, really intense <laughs> I won't try to explain it yeah well yeah aside aside from uh, his uh, relationship analogies with regards to being out of form and scoring <laughs> um, Tuchel seems to be a very solid manager and uh, it seems that Roman Abramovich made the right call in getting, getting rid of Frank now because we have to go to soccer training we're going to wrap this up but <laughs> one little funny thing <laughs> that I want to uh, end on <laughs> is that um, in the middle of the... Well, not in the middle, but towards the end of lockdown uh, last year, we were watching a film. Um, uh, the film is called The... Um, Trial of the Chicago 7. The Trial of the Chicago 7, yes. Sorry, great film, by the way. Yeah, it was all very intense until yeah. this... <laughs> so it's really intense film, you know, Eddie Redmayne, um, a few other people... Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen, yeah. Political stuff. Uh, really great film, but if you're watching that film, keep an eye out for the time because at one hour forty minutes and thirty seconds, <laughs> as the camera pans slowly towards Eddie Redmayne, and in the top right corner of the screen, there is an extra who is a dead ringer. And when I say dead ringer, I mean dead ringer for Gary Neville when he was about 24 years old. Like, it is uncanny. Like, me and Wilbur are looking at it now, and that is ridiculous. It's crazy. (laughs) 
So, we lost it when we saw yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I, he really didn't see it straight away. I, I paused it and was like, wait, did you see that? He's like, no, I'm, like, losing it. <laughs> I go back, rewind it, and we both just lose it for, like, five minutes. But, yeah, if anyone else like, likes Gary Neville or watching, likes watching Monday Night Football like we do, um, go... Uh, to watch that film first and foremost and then uh, if you don't want to watch the whole film skip to one hour 40 minutes and 30 seconds and um, you'll see what we mean and if anyone has made it this far to the podcast and is listening to this now um, send either of, either of us a message with um, Chicago Gary and we'll know, and we'll know you, you, you made it this far hopefully you find it as entertaining as, as yeah. we did because we loved it um, and <laughs> Yeah, we've got another little uh, interesting uh, Gary Neville funny anecdote for next week, but you'll have to wait for that one because uh, we've got a, we've got a, got a juicy one planned next week as well. But that's all for now. We've got to go get ready for training. We're back. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Good and be back. Uh, yeah, more lukewarm takes, football content, and takes from Uber drivers <laughs> when we come <laughs> back next week. Uh, thanks, guys. We'll see you. We'll definitely see you next week. We will be back. <laughs> Top up. <laughs>